Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Below the Dot Podcast, where we recap and discuss a new episode of Degrassi The Next Generation every Throwback Thursday from the Degrassi Black Hole. I am your co-host, Terry McGregor. I am your other host, Chris Sharp. And today we are recapping yet another two-part episode, season four, episodes 14 and 15, titled Secrets. Uh, But before that, we'll get into some trivia for Terry. All right, I have a lot of questions. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Which means that you might get a few wrong, but your percentage still might be higher. I'm looking forward to it. How many speakers does Jay have in his car? Is it seven or eight? Child, 16. 16? <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> Where is the ravine? Like, what's the name of the park? Oh, man. I have no memory of this. Just going to mark that incorrect. Bennett (laughs) Park. Oh, my goodness. Like, was I watching the episode? Where do Ashley's dad and his partner go on their honeymoon? I know this one. It's Puerto Vallarta. Very good. (laughs) What time did Emma return from the ravine the second time she went? The second time. So this isn't the time she gets caught. This is no the time she gets caught. This is the time. Okay, I'm confused. I think it's two something. There you go. Two a.m. There you go. Because I I feel like Spike she said not it. Spike. Yeah. They're like it's two a.m. <laughs> What rapper, you're not going to get this. What rapper does Jimmy have on the wall of his hospital bedroom or hospital room? Is it 50 Cent? Wow, look at you. (laughs) Yes. What are the ingredients in the drink that JT gives to Emma? It was something gross. It's like egg yolk and something else. Tea, honey? Raw egg, honey, and lemon. That's disgusting. You got two out of three. What did... Kid Elric smell like? Oh my god. It's the fact that I was so proud of myself for remembering Kid Elric's name. Like, I thought that was going to be one of the questions. Um, Vodka. Close. Jack Daniels. Okay. Close in that you knew that it was alcohol. Mm-hmm. Not actually close. <laughs> okay, you got uh, three and a half wrong and three and a half right. So we're going to call that a 50%. That's amazing. Um, you know, shouts to me. I also noticed that Beyonce was on his wall and I was like, this was is she? hilarious. Yeah. I did not see that. <laughs> a young Beyonce. Um, but yes, let me see. I didn't have any tidbits because I know it's a uh, two part. So we we're just going to get into a lot of stuff. But let me see because I just pulled this up. I mean, I guess there's a content warning for a uh, oral sex, but that's all yes. I can think of. Yes, that's true. That's all I got. I'm sure I'll come up with something as we go through the interesting long episode that we have here so all right let's get started episode one plot b ashley is worried about craig and it's difficult for ellie to get her attention to think about otherwise ellie tells ashley that it's not her job to worry and it isn't okay like i I get it right exactly ma'am you're too young to have this type of burden placed upon you Mm mm-hmm 
either way, Craig sucks and he doesn't deserve it. So even if like, because he's trash. No. And I just feel like, because y'all know I don't like Ashley. So for me to be like, Ashley deserves better is really saying a lot. Yeah, it's a lot to take on. Again, like I said, in high school, but just in general, someone that is not your lifelong partner. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm not taking that burden on. Like, not that she... Somebody is your lifelong partner. You are absolutely right, because there are breaking points and a point in which you're like, absolutely not. But for high school, like high school, would have been like, no offense, but I can't do this. Oh my God. <laughs> high school Terry. <clears throat> high school Terry would be like, no girl, I gotta go. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like <laughs> before I took it on. But you can be there and like be there for Craig, but the way she's taking it on, I would have had to step back. Right. Cause she's like she's asking him about his time with the psychiatrist, and Craig is really trying to talk about anything but being bipolar. Mm-hmm. And he's right. Like, bitch, leave me alone. You aren't my mom or my therapist. Or my therapist. Right. Someone is getting paid for that. Craig goes to a a group at the rec, which was recommended by Ashley. He's enjoying himself sharing in the group when in walks Ellie Nash. Ashley has some nerve. So I got a question. (laughs) Do you think Ashley was wrong for recommending Craig to attend Ellie's group without telling him? Yes. I think the conversation should have been open. Like, I was kind of surprised that he was so willing to attend attend the support group. I'm assuming he just wanted to kind of make her happy. Um, but I think once he agreed, I would have been like, Hey, just so you know, I know about this support group for X, Y, Z. So, cause then he would have still had the option to go once he found right. out that that's what like prompted it. Right. It's almost like her withholding it was kind of sneaky. You knew mm-hmm. he wouldn't have gone. Right. And he had every right to be like, actually know this person outside of this scenario. Isn't this supposed to be like anonymous? You know what I mean? Right. Like it's not supposed to be bitch. a, right. It's not supposed to be like an after school group. Like there's there to like get help. So I could see him being uncomfortable for it being his first support group and knowing who was there. Mm-hmm. So Ashley is still packing the nerve as she approaches Craig the next morning. Like nothing happened. Craig is unhappy with Ashley giving the impression that he cannot trust her. And Ashley blames his attitude on him being bipolar. I know Craig is tired. And you know what? This time, you know, you know, I can't stand Craig, but I'm going to give him his flowers. He's right, bitch. Yeah, I don't like that. My girl. It's a good thing I knew mood swings are common when you first start meds. Shit out of you. It's almost like she's using it against him now. You know, like before she was so invested because she cared about him. Now it's literally like, oh, well, this is your problem now. And I know what to expect. So I'm going to call it out. Right. And like, I know that Craig goes through his ups and downs where he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And he's like, obviously not fine. Mm -hmm. But I understand why he tries to hide that he's fine because y'all be watching him walking around eggshells. But I understand that Craig gives him reasons to walk on eggshells. Everybody needs to be slapped. It's a lot. Craig makes it clear that he's upset that Ashley sent him to attend Ellie's group. Ellie pops up uninvited at Craig's house later with this flimsy request to help her restring her guitar. She opens up to Craig that she used to cut herself and will always be a cutter, even if she never cuts again. And Craig tells her, well, that sucks. And Ellie's like, it just is what it is. So whether or not it sucks, that's is. So then Craig is like, okay, well, I'm bipolar. And so she tries to comfort him by telling him about people she knows who are or were bipolar. Tells him about somebody who's dead. I was very confused about that. I was like, mm, okay. I saw the connection because he's a musician. A musician? But like, girl. And I think she was saying like, maybe if he had gotten the help that he needed. That makes So sense. I was like, okay, we went in the right direction. But at first I was having a hard time following you, girl. 
Um, Ashley tells Craig that, yeah, she should have told him it was Ellie's group. And he says that he likes the group, so he'll go again. But, girl, you need to stop taking care of me. He wants to talk about normal things. And that's and that's where their storyline ends. Um, I just think it's interesting, as I have done the whole season, the trajectory of their relationship and his insistence, like, please stop taking care of me. But also how needy he turns around to be. Mm-hmm. Just throwing that out there. Ain't that how it goes, though? Mm-hmm. Like, never going to be happy in the moment. I do really like uh, the role Ellie's playing. I've liked the role Ellie's played since we met her so far. But the role yes. that she's playing where she's trying to, like, normalize his, like, diagnosis for him, where she's literally just, like... I mean, they're also young, so that kind of sucks that she has even has to be in that position to be like, this is me, and, like, I have a lot of work to do. Um, but I do like that she's trying to normalize it, but also not baby him and be like, oh, like you have this and like, now we're going to treat you different. It's like, no, you could still be yourself. Like, stop acting like you can't. Yeah. I like how Ellie is like this. And I feel like part of the reason she is like this is because, you know, she deals with her mother or she has that with her mother. She had to be the caregiver position. She had to watch her struggle with alcoholism. Honestly, she's probably realistically speaking, still struggling with alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And Ashley's family is very involved with therapy. But I think Mm. Ashley comes, her knowledge comes to Craig with an understanding, but an understanding kind of place of privilege. Mm -hmm. And that you don't really know about whether or not anyone's actually gone through the same type of issues that Craig or Ellie have in their family, where they have witnessed some damn trauma Mm -hmm. versus Ashley. Yeah, I get like separation, remarriage, whatever. I'm not saying that her life has been like rainbows and butterflies, but compared to my drunk mom burning down the house or my abusive father beating me and then dying, we're apples to oranges here. That's such a good point. She really is like operating from a place of privilege in comparison to them who have some like real life crap going on. But I mean, like, with, I mean, she has good intentions, right. but you know, the road to hell paves good intentions, something of the sort. That's just <laughs> kind of where I see her at. Yeah, definitely. And then it's also interesting because when we introduce Alex to the mix, I know we've talked about Alex witnessing some domestic violence from back around the Rick storyline. And I just think Alex and Ellie are very different, whereas mm-hmm. they have both witnessed, obviously, a lot of trauma between the two of them. And they come to very different conclusions for their character development, which I think both are very valid. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was just where I'm at. Obviously, I watched too much Degrassi ahead of time. So, <laughs> All right. On the plot A, it is time to practice the play and JT does not have time for Emma because she misses her cue. Meanwhile, backstage, Jay is pushing up on Emma. He rubs her shoulders, commenting on how tense her body is. Evidently, Emma's body is always tense, and this probably didn't just start after the shooting. Mm-hmm. Jay is rubbing Emma's body, and perhaps she like it, likes it because it causes her to miss her cue, as mentioned previously. In the next scene, the very awful teacher, I can't remember his name for the <laughs> life of me, but I remember he like bullied to a couple of characters in, a, in an oncoming season, and he's just always very nasty to the students. I don't like him. You know what's funny about him, too, is... I realized that, like, even his response to Emma is, like, you know her dad works at the school. You can literally go tell him that this is what's still going on. Like, you can't just tell her. She's not going to tell her parents. If you really cared about her and you're telling her, like, her past for seeing the shooting expire, that's wild. Like, go talk to her parent and say that she's still not doing well as a teacher. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, but because I am who I am, I could tell you that this is really how teachers be acting. Not every teacher. We have Mm -hmm. a lot who are genuinely caring. Um, I think I made a note 
Oh, actually, here's where I made, made the note. I had a fourth grader even just tell me that he wishes that teachers would take homework less seriously because they don't know what goes on at home for these children. Mm. And then this kid, because I've met with him for two years now, um, disclosed, like bearing witness to a lot of trauma that the kids come to school and they pull it together and they get good grades and they get along with each other. And then you're like, damn, like you literally seeing that shit at home and... You're talking about, you know, y'all need to just leave homework alone because you don't know what the hell goes on in my house. Right. A nine-year-old told me that. So Mm. I'm just saying. But a lot of the times my biggest complaint is that I get it. Everyone has a job. Everyone has a hard Mm -hmm. job. I'm not denying that teachers' jobs are hard. But there are a lot of teachers like this one who speaks to Emma, who's kind of like, all right, we're ready to move on. And it's like, that's trauma. Yeah. Move on. And some people aren't. And some people are going to have like PTSD and some people are going to have issues later down the road and have like Sean, like, you know, you just don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. And I think we talked about this before, too. They're right back at Degrassi where it happens. Like, that's wild to me. You know what I mean? Like, let's be for real for a second. Right. So, yeah. So as we said, kind of vaguely or, or around the subject, he tells Emma that the grace period is coming to an end and she needs to get it together. Not really sure why no one considered sending Emma to Miss Sauvay. Mm-hmm. Here we are. So Emma walks away only to find Jay canoodling with Alex in the hall. And she stares, and I don't know why. Do you know why she stares at them so hard? No, I didn't understand this at all. I don't understand Emma a lot this episode because I, I just don't know what place she's operating from because we haven't heard from her. Like, So confused. They tell her, take a picture, it'll last longer. Whatever. It's play practice and Darcy's butchering her lines. Emma keeps prompting her and Darcy gets pissed because she's like, the girl, that's not your job, that's liberty. Emma is obviously a better person for the part, but I guess she bombed her audition due to her high stress levels. Darcy and JT get into a little spat and Darcy quits the play, leaving the position of Mina open. Amy suggests that she could play Mina in a, a beautiful version, for which Alex calls it serious acting. Emma shows off that she knows the lines and Manny gasses her up. Just as they talk about it, Amy starts freaking out because her bracelets are missing. Alex doesn't see the big deal because they appear to be cheap, but this doesn't help Amy to relax. Manny invites Emma over to spend some time together that night for Manny Petties, but Emma turns them down. Emphasis on the Emma turns them down because I'm going to come back to this. Hmm. Emma gives the impression that she would feel like a third wheel with Manny and Liberty. Emma then finds Amy's bracelets and Amy Amy snatches them from her. Jay sees Emma while she's walking home and she he offers her a ride. He opens up to Emma about how he misses Sean, but of course he doesn't use those words. He drives Emma home. He invites her to Bennett Park or the ravine. When Emma walks in her house, she hears Mr. Simpson and Miss Nelson discussing how they're worried about Emma because she has been isolating herself from her friends. But Emma tries to pretend she's doing great. She rejects dinner, though, by alleging that she had pizza at rehearsal, but mm, we didn't see that scene. Mm, I thought about this, too. I was like, mm, that's an interesting lie, but okay. I, free this side note, I never really noticed the way they show how... A lot of Emma's trauma develops and moves and like stems, I guess. I saw this secrets. When I originally watched it, I saw secrets and our lips are sealed, which is the 
issue that occurs in season five. Mm-hmm. I saw those as just separate ent- entities, and I didn't realize how this was like character development. You know, you're dumbass watching it as a teen. This is just a really messy show. Mm-hmm. But I'm realizing now, looking back, that secrets was stemmed from time stamp still. And Mm -hmm. Our Lips Are Sealed was a way for Emma to try to gain control after things were really thrown out of whack, not just from time standstill, but also from some issues going on in season five. And she's like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get control back of my life. So it was interesting to see that character development that I did not notice before. Yeah, that's a good point. I definitely noticed like the not eating part like that stood out to me because I've watched Degrassi at this point. But for sure, watching it, I was just like, oh, whatever. Um. This also, this whole conversation also made me realize that we obviously haven't heard much from Emma or like her recovery process. Um, And like now we're pretty much just seeing like a shell of her. But anytime Mm -hmm. we do see her, it's really visible that she's not herself and like out of it. So like, I guess I could attribute her staring at Jay and them to that because I feel like she looks like that a lot of the time. Um, Alex also just doesn't like Emma. So I'm sure she was just going to antagonize her any way that she could. Um... But then I also just made me realize, like, I wonder what Spike and Snake did for Emma, like, post-shooting. Because I, from this conversation, it made it seem like they were just waiting around for her to say that she needed help. So I was wondering, like, what they might have done after. Because we Mm -hmm. literally don't see it. Like, we have no clue. Right. (sighs) I mean, I would imagine they tried to do something just because Mr. Simpson has got to be traumatized after seeing what was going on himself. And Mm -hmm. then how nobody responded like surely he got he want to help this girl but either way back yeah. to the episode at hand with secrets um Emma tries to pretend like she's great she lies and says she had pizza after a rehearsal she goes to the basement works on her lines allegedly but while she's down there she sneaks out through the window to meet jay at the ravine jay is giving some weird level of comfort to emma about how everyone's weird And then she sees Emma leaving the van with the guy admiring a bracelet on her wrist. And so Emma's like, "Mm, what's going on in the van? What do you think? What do you think? They're making friendship bracelets. Child. (laughs) Jay offers to show Emma instead of telling her. And Emma hops into a creepy van with Jay and is shocked. Oh, he's (laughs) kissing me. And then he explains that the van is designed for hooking up. I hate Jay so much, but... He is maybe... You know how blowjobs are, don't you? There's no denying that he is a villain and he is a menace. But I just... I love how much of a menace and a villain that he is. <laughs> He's through and through, though. Like, he doesn't take it back ever. Like, no. No. <laughs> this is like him. One day you show up and it's just like, I'm a nice guy. And it's like, I mean, I didn't see any of the chains, but I guess. <laughs> if you say so. Emma clams up and she tries to get out of the van and Jay slaps a cheap bracelet on his wrist and he tells her... <laughs> Every player gets a prize. Chum, not the one cent bracelets. So I say that Emma seems to know her worth and she leaves before things go further. But I want to be clear. Do what you want with, with who you want to do it with. But if you are going to perform oral sex on a guy in a van that is designed for hooking up, I want you to be validated with more than a cheap bracelet. Mm-hmm. Do it because you want to do it. Do it because you feel empowered. Do not do it because you are getting attention from a guy or getting a bracelet. Like, sex positivity, but don't do it for a damn cheap-ass bracelet, girl. 
girl. She was empowered by that bracelet. We, we're about to learn. She's truly empowered by the bracelet. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. Exactly. So the next day at school, Emma's in class admiring her bracelet. when She overhears Liberty and JT arguing over the recent opening in the play because JT fired Darcy. Emma starts reading through the lines perfectly, but JT and Liberty are skeptical. One thing that bothers me, as I said earlier, Liberty tells Emma that she bailed on girls night with Liberty and Manny. Emma told your ass no. Mm-mm. That's not, it's not called bailing if you say no thank you. That's giving a straight up answer. Most people don't do that. <laughs> right. Most people say, yeah, maybe. And then they just don't show up. They don't follow up or anything. They hope she you don't follow said, up. Right. And no, she didn't answer the phone when Manny called her, but she told you no. Why are you calling me? And I'm not knocking Manny for like trying to reach out. She clearly can see that Emma is struggling. So she's working. Mm-hmm. But that's not called, it's not called bailing if you tell the person you're not interested. Right. That's being straight up. So I practice for the play. Emma reads her lines really well with whoever the hell they got playing Dracula. I think his name is Nate. But she can't do the kiss in front of everyone. Amy and Alex are seen rolling their eyes at her prudeness. And when Emma walks off stage and Jay acts as if she doesn't exist. (gasps) Then backstage, Alex and Amy are mocking Emma for being a prude, saying that they could play the role of Mina better. For the sake of guys everywhere, I hope she becomes a nun. One of them big ones that sing all the time. Don't you find it wild the way that girls get mocked for both for being too promiscuous and too prude? Yeah, you absolutely can't win. And this is like women on women shaming here too. Like, I mean, and we, we literally watched Emma get both on both sides in this episode. It's crazy. It's wild. So Amy and Alex continue going in on Emma. And then Emma decides to respond by passively ensuring that Amy will definitely see her bracelet. And Amy's like, oh, is that mine? And Emma's like, no. That belongs to me. Amy shuts up instantly. And Alex is like, the fuck just happened, girl? But Amy can't tell her because she got to mm. tell her where she got the bracelets from. Now they're in a freaking bracelet war. Like, who can get the most bracelets? <laughs> man, man. And what kills me about this is I know they weren't giving away bracelets at your high school. Now, I cannot speak to whether or not they were giving away bracelets at my high school. I did not see anyone with bracelets. I certainly was not going out there trying to earn bracelets because I knew that I was that's, that. Again, I told you, I learned from this episode. I'm not doing that for no bracelets. So this wasn't an issue that I had. But I think that like the idea of people giving out bracelets for sex acts, I feel like this is a lie that adults thought was true. I or did adults start it? Because I made a note here too. I definitely was in elementary school. I remember hearing about these rubber bracelets and like right. just them having like a negative connotation to them and me not really understanding what that was. But like, did a parent come up with that to like scare everybody? Or did someone start that rumor because these bracelets became popular? So everyone gotta, was like, they're doing sex acts for those. <laughs> it's got to be one of those things where like one person did it and they assumed everyone was doing it. Like, a couple of idiots ate Tide Pods, and now right, tell me right. why I teach this curriculum. Why did they add a unit in there for teaching kids not to eat Tide Pods? And I was like, I feel like a three-year-old doesn't know that people were eating Tide Pods. Stop it. You know and what? Um, Like, bracelets were going around my high school were silly bands. Like, that dates right. me. So <laughs> we, were, we were just wearing bracelets. <laughs> we weren't doing anything for them but paying. Girl. You know, then maybe someone, if you um, perform sex acts for bracelets or people at your high school did, if you could please email us or uh, leave us a voicemail on whatever account Terry made. Yeah. So 
speakpipe.com backslash below the dot podcast please we would truly love to hear it because it's a myth to us apparently like it's not real it was a fever maybe no one was just offering it to us (laughs) just silly bands like that's all i got i don't know so back to our show so as i said I was a teen. I grew up with the people, this generation of Degrassi. This did not happen for me. <laughs> there are a lot of girls down that ravine, Emma. I picked you. I picked you. Emma should feel so honored. Jay's charm must have left an impact on Emma, though, because she finds him at the ravine later so he can show her the van for real this time. <laughs> when Emma returns home at 2 a.m. through her basement window to find her parents waiting for her, she puts on a show about, oh, I wasn't able to sleep. It's because of the shooting. And then they automatically feel guilty and they go back upstairs. But in our ending scene of this first of, of the two-part episode, we then see Emma making a smug duck face as she admires a bracelet that she actually earned from Jay this time. Oh, she was so manipulative at this last part. It's like, wow, that's what she was gearing up for. Oh my God. And now a word from our sponsors. Did you ever watch Arthur? Yes. (laughs) Yes. So obviously I did because it was now a word from us kids. But I don't have any kids for y'all to hear from. (laughs) She asleep. Honestly, run up the ads, though. I don't care what anyone says. Run up the ads. We're trying to be an ad full podcast. I'm not waiting for $10. I'm getting multiple ads and we're running it up. (laughs) So we can quit our jobs. (laughs) You know what? You're right. I'm so tired. Oh, wait. We are at 9.65, so keep listening to these (gasps) ads, people. We're almost there. Almost there. That's so funny. Look at us. Run up the ads. Stop playing with us. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So with our plot B in this episode, I don't give a fuck about this plot, but let's go for it anyway. (laughs) Jimmy thinks he's leaving the hospital today, but spoiler alert, he's not leaving because his house isn't ready. His dad claims that he needs just another week to prepare the condo for Jimmy. Craig and Marco offer to help out, but Jimmy is set to stay for longer regardless. After a pep talk from Nurse Paula, Jimmy decides that Marco and Craig are going to burst him out of the hospital so they can go see Kid Elric. They end up sneaking him out in this really huge ordeal. Someone's <laughs> pretending. It's really—it's just a very silly scene. And they yeah. ultimately get him out. Like They use the disguise, a, a phone call to distract the nurse. Um, but yeah, so they go to the Kid Hour concert and initially Jimmy is apprehensive. He's nervous because he, some guy spills something on himself and it's awkward navigating in his wheelchair, but he does get to go front and center at the concert and he really enjoys himself. But why did they have Jimmy dance like that? They're so annoying. <laughs> like Jimmy's out here dancing like Manny. <laughs> I'm tired of them telling these kids to dance because it's embarrassing. But I do love how supportive Craig and Marco were with Jimmy. I appreciated that show, like, demonstration of male Mm -hmm. friendship. Because if you ever listen to me elsewhere (laughs) in the internet world, podcast world, I talk about how men don't have no friends. They don't do nice things for each other. And so I love seeing Craig and Marco being good friends for Jimmy. Yeah, even if it means, like, stepping out of their comfort zone. Craig, because Craig does whatever he wants but marco was very hesitant and like nervous we had that conversation the other day he's just nervous about life like he hates breaking the rules when they (laughs) back in season two when they rode around in that car from joey's lot marco was freaking out it was him that's so true and it was for kid elric that time too this is a running theme i guess that he's willing to risk it for kid elric (laughs) (laughs) 
So when they get back to the hospital, Jimmy's dad is there and he's pissed. But Jimmy's like, mm, what are you going to do? Are you going to ground me? Because I sit in my hospital room all day. So no point in grounding me, dumbass. And then he tells his dad that I went out and I survived, which means that I can manage at home as well. You need to get ready, you little bitch. And then his dad is like, okay, it's time for you to come home. But truthfully, though, when does Jimmy's dad ever have time for him? Like, even post-shooting, he is not prioritizing this kid. Right, right, exactly. That's wild. But you know what else I noticed? It's funny that you brought the posters up um, as, like, one of the questions. Because I was like, not that he has, like, a Beyonce poster, like, this 50 Cent poster. But then it's like, I'm assuming the personalization of the hospital room is supposed to remind us that he's been there for a while. And, like, that that has been his home. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And his daddy, like, if he has all the money that they say he does, you can't hire more contractors, like, to just speed up the process. He lied. He, lied. he just doesn't want him home. He sure don't. All right, we're back for our infamous plot A. Emma sees Jay flirting with Alex the next day at school. And when he kisses Alex to taunt Emma, who was staring, (laughs) Emma kisses the guy who's playing Dracula, who I guess his name is Nate. Everyone is shocked, including Manny, who can't seem (laughs) to let it go. Important things I want to note. Alex has a doctor's appointment that day. Just throwing that out there. She tells it to Jay. It's going to come back. Oof. Jay finds Emma in the library and Emma tells him that she wants to meet him at the ravine again. Oh, God, it's gross. She's like, does she say it in the scene? In one scene, she's like, are we going to go to the ravine? Do you want a party? And I'm just like, girl, if you don't stop begging to go down on this little bottom feeder boy. And I'm going to use what Manny called his ass because it's not a lie. No, she's not wrong. Jay tells Emma he, he doesn't like being messed with and the audacity of this man. Or I guess boy. Anyway, Mr. Simpson finds the two of them and he asks Emma what's going on with her behavior. And Emma avoids the conversation by saying, mm, I need to get to class. <laughs> Manny is hyping Emma up about the kiss and it wasn't even that great. Manny wants to gossip with Emma after school, but Emma tells Manny, I need to go to the ravine that night. <laughs> the three women are summoned in the play practice, but unfortunately they're missing Alex. Amy shares that Alex should be back from the doctors and almost right on cue, Alex enters with Jay trailing behind her to assure her that it meant nothing. Alex punches Amy in the face and yells at her her to get to tell her about the ravine. Tell me about the ravine, Amy. Tell me how you've been going down on my boyfriend and the bracelets, Amy. (laughs) Bracelets, child. And almost instantly... Emma tries to slide the bracelets from her wrist, but Manny takes immediate notice. Our girl ain't stupid. Manny finds Emma after school and she's like, I'm not stupid. (laughs) I know how you got those bracelets. And Manny tells Emma that this is not a good choice because you are allowing some disgusting bottom feeder use Emma to serial cheat on his girlfriend. And I'm all for sex positivity, like I said, but I got to know, do you agree with Manny on this one? Absolutely. Like, I think that Jay took advantage of Emma's vulnerability. That's what he does. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you know what I noticed, too, is like, I think rewatching this a long time ago, I didn't make the connection between Jay and Emma. But the connection is when they're in the car and they both talk about Sean. So then she suddenly feels like, oh, someone gets me because they also miss Sean. And this is the only person that talked to me about missing Sean, maybe like that's. A reach, but it could be it. But she definitely, in that moment, felt comfortable with Jay. And then from there, he was like, okay, cool. Now I can get what I want. Right. Exactly. I mean, 
someone who gets me when she feels so so alone it's mm-hmm. like no one really gets where she's coming from right now she feels she doesn't have sean who was there i guess she doesn't really feel comfortable with toby right um so she doesn't really have a lot of people who kind of saw what she went through and, yeah yeah and meanwhile jay's the one that did the prank like had a lot to do with it and nobody knows that well you know, we're not trying to talk about that, I guess. Crazy. So, anyway, where are we? <clears throat> but yeah, so I feel like Jay took advantage of her. But instead of listening to Manny, Emma proves that she's always going to go the lowest in any dispute. Should you really be preaching to anyone about that? We're not having real sex. It's pretty close. But I'm not getting pregnant. Questions I need answers. Like, I know that you're hurt. I know the times are tough, Emma. But, like, why? You don't got to do Manny like that. She was be- just trying to be there for you. Yeah. When, again, the only person that has been there for you, apparently, is this person that's taking advantage of you. So you don't even have a clear lens of who you should be around right now. Like, she just be staying to come for Manny. I wish Manny would have gone to Spike, though. This would have been a good time for Manny to see that mm. something was not right and to tell Spike. Yeah, that's true, because they have that relationship, so. Yeah. Um, little reality check from Manny isn't going to bring Emma down, though, because she instantly goes to the ravine to look for Jay. <laughs> she then very embarrassingly begs to go down on him when she oh. does find him. Girl, got a grip. But then she tries to flex that there's a ton of guys that would love a chance to be with her. <laughs> Jay tells Emma he ain't one of them at the moment. Oh, girl, I'm embarrassed for you. The next day at school, Emma tries to talk to Jay, but her throat seems to be a bit sore. Wonder why. Girl. Anyway, Emma tells Jay that she doesn't care about Alex or Amy. She's still DTF. (laughs) Surprise for the students. A public health nurse is at Degrassi to teach them about a gonorrhea outbreak. The entire class learns the symptoms of gonorrhea, a sore throat or fever. JT jokes that Emma might have something to tell them, and she's real uptight when she's like, shut up. Mm Mm-mm. Manny puts the pieces together real quick. My girl can do math. The camera does zooms in on Emma's face, so you know she's stressed. They're backstage, and Manny hits us with one. I think I said this. I say this all the time, but this is definitely one of my favorite lines of the series. Tell me you're as nervous as I am. Is the Pope a Catholic? Does Jay have gonorrhea? Manny tells Emma that she's super raggedy if she kisses Nate, knowing damn well she got oral gonorrhea. But it looks like it doesn't matter if Emma's going to do the right thing or not, because during the play, Nate does the right thing for himself, and he avoids kissing Emma on stage. Then he tells her afterwards that he knows she got gonorrhea, and he's not trying to catch it. Emma's embarrassed, and she tells Jay that he gave her a social disease, which I think is the name of another Degrassi podcast. That's really funny. Jay reassures Emma that he didn't tell Alex about Emma because he liked that Emma had virtue or whatever. But Emma's disappointed in herself and she admits that she doesn't have virtue or anything anymore. <laughs> so it's like literally this girl has been torn apart by what she saw. Because if I mean, she did always she was always super environmentalist and super yeah. in your face and just annoying. And she definitely got broken by everything that went down. Um, and she kind of just has to build herself back up. Yeah, you really see it. Like you thought the be- I thought the beginning of this was bad when she looks like a shell of a person. She literally just got her edges snatched. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So Spike and Snake are talking about and raving about Emma's amazing performance. Emma brings their high down a couple of notches because she tells them, I need to see a doctor. Manny went to the doctor without her parents at first. Why couldn't Emma? Confused. Mm. Anyway, at least I think she did. Not sure. Not the point. Emma admits that she's not really happy with herself. The snake, you see, snake is shady because he tells Emma, you don't need to be worried because it's just a specific set of people who are catching gonorrhea. Then mm-hmm. Emma throws snake for a whirlwind because she's like, I do need to be worried. And he looks surprised. They hug while Emma cries and the episode ends. How much more can they put snake snake through? Like literally. Yeah, he don't. He doesn't deserve it. Also, he saw her around the person that should be worried about it. So that was an interesting take on He's his like, part. Dang, dang. <laughs> see. Oh, you know what we didn't discuss though that I made a note about? Hmm. Do you think that Alex should have hit Jay? Not that anyone should hit anybody, right? But for TV purposes and drama, why oh, he only why sure. she only hit Amy? But spoiler alert, she does break up with Jay. Okay. I didn't remember that part. Um, I don't remember when she talks about it, but yeah, she breaks up with Jay and I don't think they get back together. I think they get a little flirty and he's like, she's like, you literally cheated on me with my best friend. Fuck you and your mama. Yeah. I could see her being strong willed about that. Cause again, we talk about how she came from a home that had like domestic violence and like bad relationships. So I could see her being strong willed in that sense of being like, no, absolutely. Yes. So that's kind of, so yeah, she definitely, um, she absolutely probably cursed him out at least. But, I mean, my mom always told me you don't hit no man because you don't want, I mean, obviously it's never okay to hit anyone. Right. And regardless of whether or not you hit someone does not make them be abusive. But I think I've, I've kind of seen this like you don't want to normalize hitting or play fighting because that's when lines start getting blurred. Mm-hmm. And. It needs to be very on my on your end. You want it to be very obvious. But again, I want I want to add that regardless of whether or not you hit someone, does not justify what their response is mm-hmm. and even how significant their response is. But you know, abusive people are abusive, so they're going to take whatever they can to try to twist it against you. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm glad she retaliated against Jay too. Not retaliated, broke up with him because that's when I would have had a real issue of just like, not y'all showing the girls beating each other up over this nasty man. Because if that's the case, Alex has to fight half the school. You know what I mean? Right. But you know what? I, I think she did need to punch Amy because that's her best friend. That is her best friend. I get that. That's It's not just a random girl. Okay, that's true. If it was like just a random girl, that'd be different. Right. I think, I mean, I do think she probably would have punched Emma just because she doesn't like her. She doesn't like her anyway. <laughs> I don't think she was about to fight the entire school. It was definitely, I think she, Amy got targeted because that's supposed to be her best friend. That's her and Jay friend. does get broken up with, so I'll give it to her. Everyone and gets what they deserve. I don't think we see Amy and Alex again. We got to go look to see if this is the last episode we see Amy. For Amy, right? Girl, I didn't even remember Amy went here. Like, I started this episode and I was like, I thought she left, like, was gone. <laughs> okay, can confirm. Her last episode was Secrets 2. So, yeah. Dang. It's the last we see of Amy. She gets punched and never returns. That's hilarious. Fascinating. Hmm. All right. So, um, I do have a moral gonorrhea anyone can get it that's for you snake right (laughs) that's an important moral you got anything i got um from all of the plots i pretty much pulled 
to start a conversation or create a space for open dialogue um, because hard conversations can be uncomfortable, but it's better to have a discussion than to assume. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of people and a lot of storylines that could have had a discussion versus just doing things and assuming that would have put people in a better place. So agreed. Open conversations are important or at least starting a hard conversation is important. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else you want to add before I tell us what happens next on Degrassi? Um, leave a voicemail, like we said, and run up these episodes uh, for AdSense. Love you all. <laughs> <laughs> next on Degrassi, Spinner has difficulty dealing with the return of injured Jimmy. He hasn't talked to Jimmy since the shooting, and he has guilt over what he did, which leaves him unable to welcome Jimmy back to school. Meanwhile, Danny has a hard time accepting JT and Liberty's relationship. That wraps this week's episode of Below the Dot Podcast. If you enjoyed your listen, please tell a friend to tell a friend. To hold you over between episodes, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok under some derivative of the username Below the Dot. Feel free to reach out with any questions, comments, or concerns on either of our social media accounts or email us at whateverittakes.gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back this time next week. Whatever. I'm not the song, I'm 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 the song, I'm